0: The Student of the Game Podcast,
1: where we break down the life, strategy, and advice of successful individuals who are students of their own game and masters of their own craft. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to the episode.
2: welcome to the student of the game podcast i'm tim stone with my co-host nick galbraith today we are going over the life strategy and advice of josh adkins josh thank you for being here
0: thanks for having me guys i appreciate it
2: yeah very excited we've been talking on instagram about this for a little bit so we're just gonna dive right in tell us about your life josh
0: yeah absolutely so uh, i'm josh adkins i'm 24 years old Um, I operate a construction company with my partner, Max. Uh, We work in Michigan, so like the West Bloomfield area, a little bit outside of Detroit. Um, We do paver patios, retaining walls, outdoor kitchens, fire pits. Um, We just build like beautiful outdoor living spaces for our homeowners in Michigan. So we've been doing that for about five to six years. And um, that's where I'm at today.
2: Yeah, wow. So 24, and you've been doing this business for over five years now what did it look like starting that?
0: Yeah, good question. So I started it when I was actually in college. So I went to college at Morehouse, Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. So when I came back from winter breaks or fall breaks, I needed to make some quick cash in college. So I would blow leaves or clean out garages or move TVs, just a lot of different random jobs to make money. And then over the years, it just started to grow into, you know, People would ask for smaller jobs that I didn't know how to do. So like, hey, can you fix our walkway or can you repair these bricks? And so that's how we went from, you know, miscellaneous jobs to real hardscapes, landscape design and outdoor living spaces.
2: Yeah, I want to dive a little deeper into that because we've actually we've had a few guests in here that sort of started their first business as landscaping, you know, because it's a pretty easy job to do as a teenager, earn some work. But not everybody turns it into their career and builds a business out of it. And is doing the big things. Like I see you guys doing on Instagram. So let's go back a little bit to uh, maybe high school or a little bit before. Like what was, what was the thing that pushed you towards entrepreneurship? Was that always something you were kind of, kind of interested in or did it just happen while while you were
0: in it, looking to earn some money in college? That's a good question. So my mom always had an entrepreneurial bug. So originally she had a lot of real estate. She had, 19 homes, single family homes, and she was doing a lot of real estate. So when I was growing up, um, a lot of times I spent weekends with her, you know, going to different houses, um, looking at these homes, going with her to actually meet with potential renters or tenants. Um, So just a lot of things that I saw from my mom. On the opposite side, my dad didn't really have an entrepreneurial bug, but he worked in a corporate job um, pretty high up in the ladder. So I got a lot of communication skills from my dad, and then my mom showed me a lot of like, hey. You can actually make it happen if you go out there and here's one opportunity in real estate. And then I just realized that, you know, I didn't know that the business that I was going to start was going to actually grow to what it is now. But she definitely gave me a lot of the bug and a lot of confidence. My mom gave me a lot of confidence and instilled into me a lot of positivity. You can do whatever you put your mind to. So it kind of gave me the internal ability to kind of, you know, move whatever direction I wanted to and know that it would always work. awesome yeah
1: that's that's so amazing so um i mean just having that entrepreneurship bring up from your your like your mom and that drive from your father um so when did you start the uh partnership with your partner max right was, yeah. was that his name that's yeah. awesome so you know who came in with the vision and you know assembling the team and figured out what you guys going to do how was that uh yeah uh, that journey like
0: so funny enough max and i met when we were little so max yeah. and i met- Max and I met in Boy Scouts. We're both the Eagle Scouts, so we met in oh, Boy Scouts. Nice. All kind of I'm an Eagle Scout, Scout too. You, really? Yeah, I'm
2: an Eagle Scout too. Yeah, a lot of people. Oh, that. So you never know.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I'm an Eagle Scout as well. So we were doing, you know, archery or first aid or going to different camps, um, you know, Boy Scout stuff. So you're meeting each other every week, having meetings. So Max and I, we met so long ago in Boy Scouts, and then we separated. You know, not just. Nothing was wrong with us, but it's just you know natural progression of life. People go in different directions, different schools, this and that. And so, in 2016 is when I started the company on my own, and then in 2018 I uh, reconnected with Max, and I was like, hey Max, you know I know you have a lot of skill sets around automotive, around um, particulars, just like with small measurements. Or he's a really analytical brain, and I had a lot of you know information that I learned from being a finance major at school. So it was the perfect mix of you know hey here's a person who can operate the business from a sales and marketing side. And then on the other end, Max is amazing with operations and the particulars around equipment and machines and just stuff that I wasn't super, super into. So did how do you... Oh, go ahead. You got it, too.
1: Um I was just going to ask, uh, did you kind of start with that outdoor living space, like doing the hardscapes and designing outdoor kitchens and different things like that?
0: No, that, that really started probably in this, between this year and last year. Like when I first started, we were doing just, um, it was a natural progression. So alone before Max came, I was doing a lot of miscellaneous jobs because I only did it during my fall breaks or winter breaks yeah. just to make some quick cash. But then as I started working with Max, I started to look for like, hey, we're the pockets of, of projects that make the most margins. So first for us, it was mulch, you know, shredded mulch that you can lay on anywhere. You know, you see it in red or brown or black. So that was a huge profit for us. We were making a lot of money doing mulch, and then it went from mulch to leaf cleanup. so blowing leaves, backing up leaves, taking them away from customers' homes. And then it went from that to walkways, and then from walkways to actual patios. So it's all a natural progression. Nothing happened overnight um, because we had to learn a lot of information along the way to make it happen.
2: So I had I had two questions about college. Number one is like, how do you think college shaped you as far as business? Because you you were a finance business major, and then mm-hmm. number two, did you finish college?
0: Yes, I did finish. You did college. I graduated? In Thanks. So um, I think my experience in college was probably extremely unique. So I did a lot. I did a lot of international travel. I lived in Cuba for a month during the summer. Um, I'm fluent in Spanish, so that, that's super helpful when it comes to day-to-day working with the people that are on our team. Um, I've been to Hong Kong. I've been to Thailand, all of my schools. So when I was in college, I, I like to say that I, I challenged myself a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So I did case competitions. Um, I worked for a consulting firm for a couple years. Um, so in college, I was super active about business. I originally came in with the idea that I wanted to be a doctor. And then that was really my mom's vision for me. So I kind of told her like my sophomore year, like, hey, mom, this isn't what's for me. I want to do business. And she was like, okay. well, if you're going to do it, show me you're serious about it. So started the business, started getting into different classes, started challenging myself with case competitions, um, with hanging around people who were doing things that I wanted to do. And a lot of my friends work for like Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan or they do private equity. So I learned a lot about business in a very short amount of time because I was intentional about doing
2: so one of my questions I was formulating before the podcast was having to do with leadership because you are young and I'd imagine a lot of your employees are possibly older than you. But then you, yes. when you mentioned Boy Scouts and Eagle Scout, like that, that clicked in my mind. That's where the leadership skills come from. But what yeah. have been some of the challenges being a leader? Because I'd imagine you do have employees older than you. Is that sort of a thing that you run into as an issue or struggle?
0: Yeah, I don't see the age so much as an issue because they, I think they see me more for my skill set. Like, hey, you know, Josh is going to sell deals. she's going to sell designs. she's going to put projects on the table. We're going to have, I'm not going to worry about my payroll. I'm not going to worry about money coming in the door. Josh is going to handle that. So they don't really look at the age so much. The biggest problem that I ever run into is probably like emotional intelligence. Everyone has their own motives, you know? So some people may come to work one day just in a bad mood and you can't really stop that because it may have been, they were arguing with their wife, or their kids upset them this morning, or they hit a hard pothole or something. I don't know. All these things that happen. So I think the biggest thing is having a good amount of emotional intelligence to understand that everyone is different than you, and it's it's good to you know just communicate with people because nine times out of ten, whether it's a homeowner, whether it's a, an employee, it doesn't matter who they are. They just want to feel heard and get attention to be to be understood by someone else. So the more you take time to communicate, even if it's just a little, hey, you know, hey, Tim, you know, earlier this morning, you were kind of a little bit, you know, upset with me, you know, can you talk me through that? Can you kind of unpack that for me? You know, what's going on? Is there something that I did, something that someone else did? You know, how can we prevent this from happening in the future?
1: That's uh, that's amazing, Josh. Um, what, When did you kind of realize that? Was that, um, I mean, along, you know, starting your business, what was like a, a pivotal moment that you just – Um, just wanted to dive that in or just be cognizant of that moving forward. Um, In terms
0: of like the emotional intelligence?
1: Yeah, in terms of emotional intelligence.
0: Well, I mean, it it starts early, like, you know, originally when it was just myself and Max, you know, even Max and I used to have some, we used to bark at each other sometimes just natural. you know, human beings, you see things differently. You have different experiences that shape the way that you believe something should be. So probably around 2016, 2017, even before Max as well, it's just important to be able to understand other other individuals because nothing great ever happens alone. Absolutely. Yep. So you two guys are on this podcast right now. It's better that you guys have each other than you guys are running at it separately.
2: It is. Yeah, because you I and mean, you can bounce ideas off each other. You learn things like, and I've I've got my whole history, everything I've learned in my life. Nick's got everything he's learned in his life. We've got another guy, Ian, who records with us a lot of times. He couldn't make it tonight. Uh, we're actually we're having a big event tomorrow in Chattanooga. Uh, okay. We're flying out Henry Washington to speak about real estate. So oh, yeah. Ian Ian's on his way to the airport to pick him up, so he couldn't be on tonight. That's awesome. But gotta, just, I,
0: I got to meet that guy.
2: Yeah, you you got to. And um hopefully we'll be able to put out some content with him while he's in town. Tell um, him about. See, his, I see his posts on Instagram a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a great guy. We ran into him in New Orleans at Bigger Pockets conference at, uh, BP Con. and uh BPCon and we just connected with him, told him about the the real estate club at UT Chattanooga and we're like we're trying to throw this event together. You want to come speak and he's like let me ask my wife; she's in charge, and she was like, "Yeah." So, so the the school bought him plane ticket and a hotel room, and he's uh, flying out right now. That's sweet. But, but like, like I was saying, we we all just we come together. We're constantly we're on the phone like almost every day, just bouncing ideas off each other. Just with the the real estate club, the student of the game that we're piecing together now. Um, that was sort of an idea that was formulating before. BP Con, but then while we were all there together in new orleans we started uh making it happen you know created the yeah. logo and um, the mission statement all that awesome. but um I and mean, that's it's yeah. all just like being part of a team you know having uh leaders that can work together
0: it makes the most difference
2: it does so I, I think i connected with you on instagram in some way shape or form through grant cardone Yes. And um, I, w- I want to talk a little bit about that because I know you guys are uh, investing a lot in yourselves in personal development and going through some of his courses, maybe some other things. What have been the most valuable things you've gotten out of investing in yourself? Because I know you talk a lot about how like, that is the greatest investment you make and you continue to invest in yourself year after year. Like, What, if- what have you gotten value-wise out of investing in yourself?
0: Yeah, I think... Um- the biggest thing that I've got from investing in myself is probably confidence. And confidence is huge, especially for me specifically. I'm in front of a lot of homeowners every day, and they can feel confidence. If you're not certain, they're not going to be certain. So I think a lot of the investing that I've done in myself, whether it comes from you know sales education or just general education around leadership or how to run a business or strategy, that's given me a lot of confidence to be able to walk into scenarios or situations that I would normally be uncomfortable in and be able to actually operate in those rooms effectively, speak to people effectively, and just you know win at the end of the day. We all want to win. Hmm. Yeah, so I've done a lot of different types of education. So I've done a lot with Grant Cardone this year. Um, we actually started Cardone University last year. Biggest game changer for me for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Helped me a lot with sales. Helped me a ton with sales. Um, then we went to uh, a boot camp this year. Uh, we went to, we've gone to a lot of events, man. Uh, we've probably spent about, about 60 to 70,000 in self-development this year. Wow. So That's just awesome. a lot of visits, meeting a lot of people and it's made the biggest difference. You know, who you hang around ends up being similar to who you are. You know, you are you hang mm. around.
2: Yeah. They say your network is your net worth. And people say yeah. that all the time. They they beat that phrase to death, but it, it, it is really so true. Like you get around <laughs> different people and and you become that type of person.
0: Yeah. So they, they do beat it to death, but um, it's true. Like the more money that you invest into yourself, the better. Because you're your you're your only asset. You can control yourself. You know you go with you everywhere you go. So your information that you sink into your brain can't go anywhere because it's with you at all times.
2: Yeah, what's that quote Grant says? Wherever you are, there you like. Wherever you go, there you are, or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Well, there's Josh, I'm here with him again.
0: Yep. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I, I recommend, recommend to everyone listening to the podcast who's going to listen to it that you know start small. You know, I didn't start you know with making big investments into myself just off the bat. You know, it was small stuff. You know, the the, the typical think and grow rich or watching a couple of YouTube videos of Grant online or you know, finding people or little pockets of people in your areas like you guys are doing that you can bring into your network and then elevate yourself as you do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, I, I literally ever since ever since you sent uh, said emotional intelligence, it just it just won't go out of my mind. And uh, you know, when you said um, you are who you are, I hang around with, and you hang around with people that are older than you and that are achieving at different levels, Um, you know, you learn so much from them from um, the emotional intelligence standpoint of just as far as communication and, um, and just what we had Scott Trins from bigger pockets on, he talked about mental models, how you create these mental models in your mind and, uh, and just really sharpen that tool. I, I think I, th- I just think it's so important um, to have a very strong and just be constantly working on your self-development and emotional intelligence. And I think that's so powerful for all of our listeners to take away listening to this podcast right now. Um, so that was amazing stuff. Um, but uh, kind of diving in, I think, uh, maybe diving into some of Josh's uh, business structure and how it kind of looks today and what you guys are actively doing, and maybe some current projects you guys are working on, maybe some that didn't go so well. Um, yeah, we got to hear some stories. All in the juicy okay, stuff.
2: I'll tell you about it. Just ask. All right. Well, well, we'll start with the juicy stuff. What's the worst story you have? Like the the, the biggest nightmare.
0: The biggest nightmare. Um, I think the biggest nightmare was probably my first patio. Um, I first hired some people that told me they had a lot of experience in this type of work, and it was not the case. It was a. It was all. It was awful. It was awful. <laughs> we didn't know how to install the patio it took like uh i don't know two weeks longer than it should have taken um i lost money i had to pull money from my my savings account to actually pay for the remainder of the payroll it was just it was wicked it was wicked so i, I learned a lot though i learned i learned more in my life especially in business probably from my losses than i did for my wins because it just shows you what not to do and when you take certain losses that you know, you, you take it a lot personal. You know, if you guys were to not be able to win over a certain guest for your podcast, you take it personal because it's your business, your dream, your baby. So I take those things personal and it helps me not to make that same mistake again in the future. Hmm. So that's one, one of my one of my bigger, bigger losses. Um, another one of my bigger losses is probably uh, this year. I lost two employees that had been with me for the last three years. So that was huge for me. And the funny thing is that the reason why I lost them is because they said, Josh, you showed me a lot of information about how to build a company, you know, what it takes from a social media side, from a marketing side, from a strategy side. And I appreciate everything you showed me and I'm going to go build my own. So it was like
1: a double-edged sword.
0: Like, I'm happy that I showed you everything to be successful, to be able to make it out on your own. But I also lost you as a team member. So double-edged sword.
2: Yeah. So, right, what does what does that feel like as you know, as, as an entrepreneur? Because to me, it's it's like you, you want to keep your best employees. And I, I'd imagine the people that are out there that learned a lot or feel confident, ready to do it, were probably some really good employees. Yeah, they were really good and guys.
0: They were really good
2: guys. You, you you'd love for them to stay, but also like the entrepreneur, and you, you're like, man, like I just showed them how to create their own business. That's like you know, that's kind of a cool thing, but then it, it hurts you at the same time. So what, what does that feel like? What were the, the emotions and the thoughts coming out of that situation?
0: Yeah, it was really interesting. So I was actually at Grant Cardone's event when it happened. So they text me and they're like, you know, man, I'm, I'm not really just into this anymore. And I was like, okay, we can communicate it, provide it when we get back. So, you know, it was just, a, it was just, it's hurtful when you have someone with you for such a long time and you carry them along and you help them reach their goals, their personal goals, their financial goals, and then they, have to, then
1: they have to leave.
0: But at the same time, like you're saying, as the entrepreneur in me also, I also said that at one point I was in your shoes. I was a dreamer, I had a dream, and I wanted to go execute my dream. So I couldn't prevent you from doing that. It's unfortunate that I gave you all the tricks of the trade to be able to do it, but mm-hmm. then again, I am me and you are you and you can't be.
2: Yeah. So what what do you what do you think the answer what do you think the answer is to
0: a situation like that? I, mean, I think it's- it's a, you should appreciate you should appreciate that someone, you know, looked up to you as a leader and was under, you know, as as a twenty four year old, you were under my my wings per se for two to three years and I was able to actually show you something. So you should kind of pat yourself on the back for it, but also look to yourself and see, you know, what opportunities did I not create here that would have caused them to stay? You know, was it the opportunities for advancement? Was it lack of opportunities to do new and cooler projects? Was it lack of equipment and tools? And the funny thing is the guys who were with me for the first, well, they were with me for two to three years. They were with me through the phases of going from nothing projects to something projects. So they left me this year during my biggest project. And it's just crazy to think that like, you know, these guys were with me when I had no equipment, when I was renting equipment, when I was, You know, scratching my head about how to make payroll, you know, during my really toughest times, they've seen the ugly sides of the business and now they probably feel a lot confident in being able to float and create their own business, you know, to be successful. So double A's short for short.
1: And how did you elevate out of that situation? You know, you lost two of your best guys. What was the next steps?
0: The next step was promote, promote, promote. I knew that I had a great brand. I knew that I had amazing quality projects that I did. I knew the quality of myself and Max. And then we hired the four best employees I've ever had in my life. The four best employees I've ever had in my life. Faster, far more equipped, far more skilled. And it's ridiculous.
1: Boom. It's it awesome. was, it was a blessing in
0: the skies. Yeah. I love to hear that.
1: Yeah. Cause I talked
0: to my friends around it. They are like, ah, don't worry, Josh. Every, every time you've had a problem, it's always working stuff out. I was like, Okay. Yes.
1: True. But it just, it just hurt. It hurt a lot at first, to be honest. Absolutely. I I, I can't remember. Sorry, Tim. I I, I was, uh, I was going to say something really quick. Um, Go for it. I can't remember who talked about this. I thought it was Ed Milet, Tony Robbins or Jim Rohn or someone, someone like that. And they said, as an entrepreneur um, and having employees, you need to show them everything, you know, tell them everything that you know, and just, you know, provide vision into them because that drives people when you provide vision, when you install it, vision in someone's lives. But I think that's so powerful too, Josh, from your story it's like your, you know, your two best employees, you know, just followed you and, you know, were are there from the ground up and, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you made, you know, a pivotal, I mean, such a journey for, for you and both them where they could feel comfortable and confident enough to go start their own ventures. And then your four best employees came from the next point and you probably showed them and told them everything about your company now you guys are doing some really amazing stuff so that's super awesome i'm so happy for you guys
0: yeah it's it's a blessing in disguise so if that ever happens to you guys you know you should just pat yourself on the back and just just keep pushing
2: so going from losses to wins what have been some of the biggest wins you guys are are seeing out there like what you I know you guys are nailing big deals now that you've got the team, the equipment, the ability to do it. What's what's that look like? What are the goals?
0: Yeah, I think some of the biggest wins probably aren't always financial. Like the financial wins are cool, but they're going to come with, you know, this type of work. You're going to win bigger projects as you elevate, as you do different types of jobs. I think the biggest wins that I've got to date have been getting everyone on my team on one page. So when I can feel, you know, you can feel energy, you can feel, You can feel the vibe in different locations and rooms. And when I can feel that my team's on one accord, you know, or if I come to a job site and people are laughing, but they're still, you know, getting little stuff done. And it just looks like there's a lot of camaraderie and people are in sync, people feel like they're reaching towards a mission, towards their goals. You know, that that's the best feeling bigger than okay, I just nailed a big deal. Because that's that's gonna happen regardless. But having getting a lot of people with separate visions and separate goals for themselves and separate places they want to go in life on one page it, it feels so good because you're, you're moving with a momentum that can't be stopped no one can stop a force that big when you have in our case 11 people on one page about one mission one vision one book
2: wow what did it take to instill that company culture that vision in everybody to get them on the same page are there things that you are doing daily with the team to keep the motivation up keep everyone on the same page the same mentality what does that look like for you guys
0: yeah actually i actually do so one of my secrets that i guess i'll give you guys everyone's gonna Let's know see. Now, I, have, I have a facebook group you know you can make facebook groups i made a facebook yeah. group specifically just for our company though so in that facebook group i i'll take reviews that customers give us put it in there i'll take nice emails that customers give us put it in there i'll put a video in there in the morning hey this is josh you know guys good morning i hope you guys have an amazing day today we're gonna kill it today we're gonna crush it. Let's just remember that our vision and our dream is to provide amazing outdoor living spaces for our homeowners. You know, just small clips or people can post their own progress shots or they can post, hey, we're at this job site today, Josh, here's what it looks like. Here's the update. Just builds a lot of culture inside and it keeps people wound up into, it's not just a job. There's a lot of people moving pieces going on that are actually making this whole thing work. They feel a part of the bigger team. That's amazing. Yeah, I think that, but also a bigger thing, uh, you know, is probably investing into myself and investing into the company. So if I wasn't following up my word with, hey, we're going to get a new skid steer. Hey, we're going to get a new dump truck. Hey, we're going to get a new dump trailer. If I wasn't actively investing into myself and showing them that, hey, with you or without you, I'm going to continue to elevate. They wouldn't be, you know, so, so gunho ho about staying here. Yeah.
2: Where are some places specifically where you are educating yourself and learning how to do this because I I know you we've already talked about this you're big on investing yourself and learning because a lot of people when they get into a business like this and it starts to pick up speed and get very busy they sort of are just learning as they go and just learning you know the school of hard knocks and it sort of seems like you're not going just that direction, even though you may be learning in that same sense. Yeah. What are some specific things you're investing in to learn how to do it properly and to you know make the most success out of your business and your team and your people?
0: Yeah, so I'm in a lot of uh, Facebook groups for contractors. So we have you know contractor groups where people can talk about you know problems that they have in their business. So I can kind of see the future where it happens, or I can listen to someone else's failure. And anticipate that happening or say, or say, hey, I see myself moving in that same direction. Let's pivot. Avoid that situation and keep moving forward in the faster direction. So I think learning from other people's mistakes, you know, a couple of the most important things in business are OPM, other people's money, but also other people's mistakes, other people's mentorship, other people's mentality. All these things are killer. Yeah, super important.
2: I've never heard. All those before, it's always other. Yeah, I was about to say, I was other, like, people's mistakes, I was like, other people's mistakes, other people's mentorship that mentality. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that, those, are are, you, those are critical. Yeah, are you big with systems within your company? Did you guys go through traction? Yeah. Are there any any of those big ones out there you can go with?
0: Yeah, you know it's funny? I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I'm like, I feel like he's going to ask me about systems, and so <laughs> for listen, for, for the listeners, you know. People always talk about systems in business and then they get all fancy dancy and then they lose you. Okay, so for the listeners and for all of us here together, a system is just as simple as how you do something. You know, it's how you get something done. So people think, oh, high, high in the sky. You know, the system that I used to put this outfit on was I put my jeans on first, then my shirt, and then my shoes, and then my watch after. So it doesn't have to be anything super crazy in business. You know, a system can be as simple as when we answer the phone, we say this and we always follow up that call with an email after, you know, simple, simple systems that make you super effective. So some systems that I have in my business are a crazy follow up system. I follow up very heavily with enough information to make a decision. Um, Other systems are social media. We post at least two times a day on our Facebook page. So always putting out content there. Other systems, okay, we have a specific yard that we use to park all of our equipment. That's a system, that's a hard system that we always visit every day to get our equipment and bring it to site. A system would be, another system that we have in our business are progress payments. We collect payments as we make progress with projects. So we collect a specific amount for the job payment. We collect another payment for the materials. We collect another payment at 50 to 75% complete. And then we collect another progress payment at the completion. So we have a lot of systems in our business, systems for estimating, systems for communication. Um, and a lot of these things are actually listed. You know, the best thing that I have is a Google Drive with a lot of different folders so that I can bring anyone in, whether they're smart or dumb. I can bring them in and show them, hey, this is how you communicate with a customer on day one, two, three, four, five. Hey, this is how you communicate with a customer to let them know that we've called this dig out, for instance, to mark all the utility lines, gas, cable, electric. Stuff like that, you know, systems have probably made the business a lot easier and it's helped other people be extremely successful. So, you know, they can replicate what I would do because I just listed it down on a piece of paper and they do follow it.
2: Yeah. And you keep it really simple. What They're, are like, systems in your business, man? Yeah. We, well, we're we're working well, on creating okay. systems, at least for the for this podcast thing. This I, is a system. You guys use yeah.
0: streamcast. You guys use streamcast to do your your podcasts. You we guys.
2: do. We, we use Calendly for the booking. We do um, try to make everything as simple as we can. I, I record the intro in the clip, so we just trim a little bit at the beginning, a
0: little bit at the end, and then we can upload yeah. it. See, those are all systems that you have. So yeah. people, people always ask about systems, or they listen to systems, or they search on the internet. How do I build systems? And they're like, what is a system? And they make it super, super difficult. It can be very simple. It can. Like I said, the si- simple as shirt first, then jeans, or jeans first, then shirt is my system for getting dressed
2: today. And ultimately, as a business owner and entrepreneur, you want it to be so simple that you can trust someone else with it, and they can, you know, they can run it efficiently and operate just as good as you can, so that you can work on the business instead of in the business. Because yes. It, it,
1: I, I, the goal. Very- the
2: goal is. Uh, probably not to be out there, you know, laying pavers and pouring concrete every day until you die. But that, that's part of it early on. But once you get to the point where you can push things off to other people and um, trust them and they can do well and uh, run the business, you move on to other things.
0: Yeah, it's true. And I, I implemented a lot of my systems just this year. So the reason that I did that was because I actually hired an administrative assistant. So, when I hired them, I had to essentially put my business on paper so they could effectively do what I did. And they just made it so much clearer for me because before that, everything was up here. And with it being up here, I can't transfer that information here to someone else. They need to be able to see it on paper and follow it step by step. So, you know, actually making that hire this year forced me to actually document my systems and a lot of successful people. If you guys listen to the E-Myth book or there's so many you, have you heard of the E-Myth
2: I've heard of E-Myth, yeah.
0: Okay, so you haven't heard of the E-Myth? Okay. So So I have not read it yet. Read it. And so in the E-Myth, what he talks about is creating systems that are on paper and having an operations manual. So I read that book chapter by chapter and I did what he said as I read it. And so in the operations manual, you outline essentially what it would take for your business to be franchisable in essence. So now that I have different... On my Google Drive, these different folders, how to email a customer, how to bid a customer, how to sell a 3D design, how to start a project, how to complete a project, how to – all these how-to steps, it just makes it a lot easier for anyone to come in our business and achieve success. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't know if everybody does it this way, but I know for myself, like everything is in my head, and I'm the only one that can do it. And I I try as best as I can to put it out there, put it on paper, put it somewhere where other people can know how to do it. But it's like so much easier just to do it myself, you know? Uh, But going back to what you were saying when you hired an an assistant, I can't remember who it was who said this, but I heard earlier this year, if you don't have an executive assistant, you are one. And and I was like, uh, there might've been, um, I was, uh, I was getting into who, not how, and I was listening to podcast with Dan Sullivan, and I can't remember the other guy's name, the guy who actually wrote Who Not How, okay. um, but I, I think that's what he was talking about. It's just about optimizing your time and uh, focusing on the ten thousand dollar an hour tasks. Yeah, um, like like in the book, it talks about how Dan Sullivan hasn't driven a car since like the nineties because he can't make money while he's driving, so he's catching up on phone calls and texts in the back seat.
0: Yeah, um, I mean. People talk about that, like um, Bobby Castro, for instance, he talks about a lot of about non-refundable minutes. So you should be utilizing as many as many minutes as possible and avoid doing, you know, minimum wage tasks. So things that are directly helping you produce revenue that someone else would do for you. you know, so our first administrative hire, who's Kyle, who still works with us, he's he's a student at Michigan State University. So he's studying construction management. So this opportunity is actually perfect for him to see the ins and outs of how to, you know, operate a construction company in the event that he ever wanted to start running on his own. So, you know, it, it checked off the box for him by giving him experience in his field, but it also relieved some stress for me because I was doing all the back end. And it's hard to sell designs, follow up with customers, make sure that. Payroll is being tracked on time. That all these bills are being tracked. That customers are getting their questions answered. That they're asking all these things. And so, like you said, if you're not, if you don't have an administrative assistant, you probably are. That that's a great point. Not mm. And
1: uh, kind of diving into your team, Josh, can you kind of so eleven? You have eleven team members. Can you kind of break down and um, tell all listeners
0: uh, what the team looks like? Yeah, sure. Do you guys mind if I ladder right this board? Do you guys, see oh this? yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, just
2: explain what you're doing because people are listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well.
0: Drawing a brief diagram, if you guys happen to see this video, it's going to be a really brief diagram of what the team structure looks like, how we operate, and how we make things work. Right. So uh, I'm going to turn it a little bit. Might be a little bit hard to see.
1: Can you guys see? Uh, It's hard. I could. Oh, there, there we go. That's better. I'm seeing it.
0: Okay. So I'll be really quick. Um, Let's say this side. So there's Josh here. This is all the sales and marketing. S M. Um, then you have got below that, I've got Kyle working with me. That's the administrative assistant that I just spoke to you guys about. Super helpful. His role day to day is to help me communicate with customers, help me follow up with leads, sell out, sell projects, um, communicate with Dig as it relates to marking lines, making sure that things are marked beforehand. Um, just a lot of things that happen before the project to make sure that things are successful during the project. Right, and we've got Max. Max is the man. Max, when you see this interview, you're the man. Max is the operation, kids of these. kids a beast. Operations, and so under, under Max, he actually has six people. So he's got one team of three, another team of three, and so we've got a skid steer for each team, a dump trailer for each team. Um, so we've got a pretty, a pretty simple organization, but it, it works really well. So my next hires are definitely going to be someone into the financial realm. So I would like to hire like a CFO, someone to help us run our numbers a lot better and to keep track of a lot of the expenses and costs that we have because they are growing you know, as we grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sorry about that doodle, but <laughs> it, it kind of oh, explains.
2: That's great. It does, it does okay, break okay. it
1: down to two different sides. Yeah. Give us a nice visual there.
0: Yeah, so I like to separate the company with just different areas. So sales and marketing, then you have operations. and we just need um, some finance guys. So I'll probably hire you know, another student who move, wants to intern with us, run through our numbers, help us create some income statements, balance um, sheets, stuff like that.
1: That is so awesome. That's awesome, Josh. Um, I mean, I guess just kind of diving into the last segment of our show now, i um, And just kind of starting off with uh, one of the advice questions, Um, we did talk about the e-myth a little bit, but what is a book that you've given away or recommended the most?
0: Given away or recommended the most? Hmm. Um, Well, i definitely start with thinking Grow Rich. I mean, it's so cliche, but it is important to have the mental models first before you have anything else. I was just talking to a friend the other day about this, and I think the most important thing is having the ment the mentality of both creation, if that's your goal, or the mentality of how to create a business first before you actually go out and do it, because there's gonna be a lot of ups, as you guys know, ups, downs. You know, before the show you were telling me about what you guys are doing. And if you don't have the mentality to actually face and to go through those ups and downs, it's gonna make it a lot a lot more difficult to be successful. So I'd say from a from a very high level think and grow rich, if I had to be Really granular Um, in terms of business, I'd probably recommend um, Your Next Five Moves, Your Next Five Moves by Patrick McDavid. And if you guys would like to watch someone who's very educated and is running a very successful company, you should watch Patrick McDavid, Value Tainment on YouTube. Um, He has like 45 different locations of his business. He sells an insurance company. They probably do over, I don't know, maybe over $500 in in revenue a year, so the guy's a beast and he tells you everything about how to grow your business, how to manage your people, how to increase your sales, how to create systems and operations, how to be successful, man. You definitely want to listen to that guy.
1: Yeah. And what was that uh video called again, Josh? Um his On name YouTube?
0: Oh no, his name is the name of his channel is mm-hmm. gonna be Valuetainment. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. But I would recommend Think and Grow Rich, and then the e because the e talks about what we were talking about just a minute ago. When we were talking about the admin assistant, Tim, when we were talking about that, mm. he talked about how the number one problem with a lot of contractors, or not even contractors, business owners nowadays is that they have a problem working in the business too much as opposed to on the business. So you're working too much by, in the case of the person who you who we were talking about in the book, she was making pies. So she was the one opening the store, making the pies at the cash register. She was being too much involved in the business versus finding people and, you know, actually, like we talked about earlier, letting people know what their role is, having an operations manual. Here's how you be successful in your role and then fill that role and duplicate and then step back and say, hey, how is my machine working? How is this machine that I've created? Is it operating effectively? What new positions do I need to hire? Who needs to come in? Who needs to leave? Stuff like that. So the E and Think and Grow Rich are critical.
1: That's awesome. That's super awesome. Um, and then <laughs> another question uh, for you, Josh, is what's the greatest lesson that you learned that you have learned in the last twelve months?
0: That that everything works out. Everything works out okay. I've learned all three of us sitting here have probably had a lot of bad days, and we're one hundred percent successful on our worst days. So that would be probably my biggest advice because things can get hectic. And it's important to just remember that you've gotten past a hundred percent of your worst days. So you're golden, man. You can't beat that.
1: Yeah. I absolutely love that. Everything works out. And uh, we have a, we have a good friend here in Chattanooga. Um, his name's Jeffrey Holst and his saying is um, there's no such thing as bad days. And I think those, I think those correlate really nice with each other. You know, there's no things that, no, uh, there's no such thing as bad days, and everything works out. Um, yeah. I, I just gotta...
0: it's all about perspective. You know, if you think about the bad thing in a good way, you know, it'll
1: be a good day, absolutely. Yeah, and J-
2: so the and next question uh, what is your end goal? <laughs> what is, what <laughs> does it look like when it's when you hit the end?
0: Um, well, we want to be like a 20 to 30 million dollar design and build company. My my partner Max says he wants to have the company get to 365 million. That's a big goal, a big stretch away. Million you know? a day? That'd be a lot. That'd be crazy, man. Um, but on a more personal level, um, for me, I definitely want to have a successful construction company. I didn't know anything about construction coming into it. You know, I thought construction was just you know the big buildings that are getting built and a lot of the city infrastructure with you know roads and highways and stuff like that. But now that I realize that I can build some super cool stuff for our homeowners and actually make a big impact in their life, it's been a lot of fun. And then outside of business, um, I'm really big on friends. You know, I like to hang out with my friends, do fun stuff. I'm really big on trying new food spots, uh, traveling, um, just having good experiences because, you know, you got one life to live, and it's, it's, it's best you probably live it out. <laughs> so I like having fun with friends. I want to be able to create a life that I, I can design where. I can have my business and I can have, you know, funds of money working for me to create wealth for myself, family and friends. And then also have, you know, some some free time to be able to actually meet people, give back, um, you know, stuff like that. So that's how I want to design my life. And I think I'm I'm doing a pretty good job of, you know, creating the first part of the business. And then as the business grows, it'll allow me to have more wealth and then it'll allow, allow me to do the last part of pouring into people and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. what's a um a place that you have on your mind right now that you want to go to next as far as traveling traveling
0: um i don't know man but i went to i went to seattle and seattle has really good ramen i don't know if you, i don't know if you guys like ramen or you've been to a ramen, I love ramen. I love ramen dude dude me too i love ramen too really good it's really good out there i've been uh
1: i've okay. been up in my uh my spice, um, sensitivity. You know, I, I, Usually I can't take in like really hot food, but yeah, I've been, I've been upping it up, uh, upping it a lot. I mean, I've been putting, putting sriracha on my food. Sriracha? I knew you were, were going to
0: put sriracha.
1: I'm going up a next level. You know, I think yeah. I can do something a little bit spicier. Um, so I'm working my way up
0: there. I had some, um, pretty recently I had some, um, was it some Taiwanese food or something? I don't remember what it was or something. And the waiter came out to me and said, hey, so do you want it to be spicy? You know, we've got three levels. We've got level one, we've got level two, and level three. And I said, I'm feeling like level three, man. So they bring out the level three. Dude, I could not eat any of it. I took like three or four bites into the meal, and I said, I can't even eat this. It's too spicy. So, yeah, I'm probably going to stick to sriracha right where you are, and uh, I'll work my way up too, man. Mm. Awesome.
2: Yeah. Is, so is that your favorite place you've traveled recently? Seattle?
0: Um, honestly, my favorite place that I traveled was probably either Hong Kong or Cuba for two very, very different reasons. So in Cuba, um, I went with my school and I was on a, uh, what do you call this? Like a, uh,
1: what do you call that when you go to a
0: different location and you stay with the host family? Um, like a foreign exchange? Foreign exchange program. Right. Exactly. Foreign, so yeah. I did that. And that's where I learned Spanish. Um, because no one there spoke English, not even a, not even a hello. So that was crazy. Um, so I learned Spanish very fast. And, um, the reason why I liked Cuba was because in Cuba, there's very limited access to the outside world. So as a person living there, not beneficial so much because you're oblivious to what's going on in your own country as it relates to other countries. So you couldn't tell if you were oppressed or not because you don't have that information. But as a person coming from the outside world, going to that close off environment, the reason why I appreciate it was because it was space away from the outside world, and it just felt cool to be 100% immersed in that culture, not be able to communicate with people for a little while and just really be somewhere and be present. I think a lot of people nowadays, because of you know these phones, and for the people listening, I'm holding up my phone, um, people have a hard time being present. And so it gave me a lot of time to just focus and think. And I actually thought a lot about my business when I was there, funny enough. Hmm. And then Hong Kong is is
2: different about Hong Kong.
0: Oh yeah, Hong Kong. Okay, Hong Kong's like the future. It's the future, man. They've got, Hmm. I went to McDonald's. I don't eat McDonald's. I do not personally like McDonald's, but I went there to go check it out and they had a conveyor belt of food. And the food, you order your food, no people in the restaurant, there was not a single person. There was no, one. The, the restaurant was operating on kiosks and a rotating machine. So you ordered your food in the kiosk and then you just waited there and then it came out on a conveyor belt and then you just grabbed it. That was crazy. And then I went to go see like one of the biggest sports there is horse racing. I went there on a Wednesday, a rainy Wednesday, which is not the best day. And people were betting a million dollars on the horse, I'm like a million dollars per horse. I'm like, where am I at? So that, and then um, just, uh, it's a melting pot. So you meet people from, from France, you meet people from Africa, you meet people from South America. And then um, they don't see a lot of African American people there. So they treated me like a king. People kept asking me if I played basketball. I'm 5 9 I don't play basketball. I'm not an NBA, I'm not an NBA player. They're asking me all kinds of questions, coming up to me, rubbing me. I was at a dancing club, someone came from behind another person and started rubbing my chest. I'm like, yo! <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I love Hong Kong. I love Hong Kong. I love Cuba. Um, if I could go anywhere, I probably want to go to South America. I heard that like Peru, Argentina, all those places are pretty cool. And I do speak Spanish. So, I probably well, They speak a little bit of Portuguese, but I'd be able to get, get around. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Well, thank you for <laughs> diving into your. Uh, um... Your travel experiences and what no makes me happy because I, uh, I felt a lot of energy yeah. coming from that and uh, I'm just uh, just a little side note I've been talking to Tim about crypto horse racing some digital horse racing recently so, yeah uh, I, I love how you that I, I think
0: yeah. it's gonna be- it,
2: it it's total right now it's totally unregulated gambling so I would uh, stay away they from were spending the so
0: they were spending so much money it was crazy I was like it's Wednesday and it's raining and there's no one here who who, who the five people is betting a million dollars per person. <laughs>
1: It's crazy. Um, but uh, just wrapping things up, Joshua, is there anything, is there any last words that you want to say to our listeners before we hop off here?
0: Any last words? Um, yeah. I would say that it's super important to get around people who are like minded. You know, the fastest way to kill your big dream, you, the listener, your big dream, the fastest way to kill it is to tell it to a small mind. So whether that small mind is your mother, your father, your brother, you know, funny enough, as I'm on this journey, a lot of my family members are kind of in confusion about why am I doing what I'm doing, you know? So it's important to be around people who actually believe in you and are going to actually pour into you with words and to be in environments where you telling people your dreams almost makes you uncomfortable. You know, I'm in rooms where people are doing in construction, you know, 10 million, 20 million. So when I talk about, oh, I just sold a $70,000 project or a six-figure project, they're like, okay, and? <laughs> so it's good to be in those rooms because it makes you realize that you know there's always a different level that you can reach, and it also shows you that it's possible for you to do it as well because they put their shoes on the same way, they eat the same food, they smell bad in the morning, your, teeth, your breath stinks in the morning. They're irregular just like you, you just have to figure out what are they doing, and how can you copy and paste into your own life? Nothing wrong with the copy and pasting as long as you're copying the right cat. Hmm.
2: I, I like where you said the fastest way to kill a big dream is to tell it to a small mind. Fastest and way. I'm, I'm sure if you've listened to a lot of Grant Cardone, you've probably heard about him talk about the difference between a hater and a naysayer. And a naysayer is a lot like a hater, but it's someone who loves you and they're yeah. confused. You know, like yeah, your, I mean, fam- your family is probably not gonna be haters, but it might feel like it. But really, they're naysayers because they don't know what's going on and they just definitely just can't. I mean it doesn't
0: feel
2: Yeah, it's true. But like my
0: family, they're not they're not haters, like you're saying. They're just they don't understand why am I doing what I'm doing. You know, Josh, why don't you, you know, you you graduated from a great school, you did great in college, why not go work for X, Y, and Z company? You know, or, you know, why not do this or that? But they, they don't understand the vision. They don't know every ins and out. And then, then again, they're not me. You know, you've got one life to live and we have to live it. Hmm.
1: Love your mentality. Thanks, man. It's <laughs> amazing. Well, what work, uh, Where can people find out more about you and, uh, you know, watch what you're doing and what you guys are working on, Josh. That's a great question. That's a great
0: question. You can find <laughs> me. You can find. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on YouTube. Um, Odd Jobs Design God. Build. Odd Jobs Design Build. We're going to be doing a lot of videos there. You can find me personally on Instagram, Josh K. Atkins, A D K I N S. Um, two locations. Follow Max M A X G E D Z. Max gets my partner, and um, we post a lot on social media. Tim, you see it a lot. And um, there's a lot more coming, guys. Awesome.
1: Rock and roll. Well, Josh, dude, thank you so much. This has been such an amazing show. And I hope uh, all the listeners listening to this got so much value. And I know I did. I know Tim did. This was, this was so awesome. <laughs> um, so thank you again, Josh.
0: Thank you, too, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah.
2: And to our listeners, this is Tim Stone with Nick Galbraith signing off.